0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
1: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your
0: diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price.
1: Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is it. We have reached the gauntlet for the Seattle Mariners 2023 season. There are 10 games left Seven against the Rangers and three against the Astros. There is so much to talk about here on episode 26 of the Hit It Here podcast. But first, Joe, how's it going?
2: I'm good. I'm I'm a little sleepy, but that's okay. I did a lot of driving the last three or four days. Um most namely last night back home from a dub, which was great. You know? I think I've only seen one loss on the, the twenty twenty-three season via games. One, it was to Oakland, you know, it's okay, but. Thanks a lot,
1: Jody. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) But yeah, I'm good. It's a good series for the Mariners. They went out and swept the Oakland Athletics. The teams around the league, you know, they kind of got helped out a little bit. The Mariners did with the Astros playing like absolute poo-poo, the Rangers bullpen blowing up, and the Blue Jays have been good. But coming into this last 10 games, it's very important for the Mariners to just keep on trucking. They needed to sweep Oakland, in my opinion, off after losing three games to the Dodgers. Do you yeah. think that they're in a fine position now going into the last 10 games? Or do you think that are you still worried?
2: I, I'm not necessarily worried. I don't think you, you've got a half game that separates between you and a division title going into the last 10 games and you play the two teams around you. You are the controller of your destiny as a team and we've proven that we can beat the Astros this year the Rangers are a different story they're they're a different ball club than when we played them earlier in the year the offense for them has slowed down tremendously albeit they're you know they're sticking it to the Red Sox but the Red Sox have been absolute war criminals to the Mariners in the last like month or so have not beat up on any of the guys around us have just been giving them free wins and it's just you know You'd like to see a little bit more competitiveness from the Red Sox, so step it up, guys. Come on! But that's all said and done now. The Rangers, it's the mo- That's the one that you have to really take care of business because we're one in five. They're 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 a good team. They're in the playoff hunt for a reason.
1: Absolutely not. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. The Rangers. I mean, they showed why they are still one of the best offenses in all of baseball. Obviously, slowed way down from what they were in like May or whatever month that was. But I think for the Mariners after. Seeing everything that happened around the league in the past few days, the the series against the Dodgers, it sucked, but also it wasn't unexpected. The Dodgers are a very good team. The Mariners almost won a game against them. And if they would have, the Mariners would be in first place right now. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. if they would have just won that stupid extra inning game, then the Mariners would be in first place. It's plain and simple. And so I think going into the Rangers series, this this is what you want. In the last 10 days of a season, it's going to be the most exciting, excruciating, um, painful, but also very fun to watch baseball that we've had in a very long time at the playoffs start. Tomorrow on Friday, they start on Friday, like there's and you're going into this weekend series with the Rangers at their stadium and then you come home for seven games. I mean, you get to finish up in front of your home crowd in front of all these teams that you have a decent chance to beat. The Rangers, of course, are the team the Mariners are chasing, but the Astros are right there as well. And if you could play well against both teams, you're in the playoffs and probably win the division. And going into this three game series versus the Rangers, the pitching matchups, I'm not exactly sure how the Rangers match up. I know that the Mariners, I believe they're sending Gilbert to the Hill, right? No. No. On Friday? Not, no, no. Bryce Miller, I'm pretty sure, is game Bryce one. Bryce Miller, and yeah. then Brian Wu, and then, yeah. Bryce no. Miller, Wu, and then Gilbert, right?
2: I think it's Wu, Gilbert, No, sorry, Miller, Gilbert, Wu. No? Miller? Oh, it is Gilbert. Yeah, you're
1: right. Miller, Miller Gilbert, Gilbert, Wu. Wu.
2: Yeah. Um, Dane Dunning in the first game for the Rangers on Friday. In the game on Wednesday, John Gray got lit up pretty hard against the Red Sox to start the game and only went, I think, two and a third or three and a third. And then Martin Perez came in and threw four innings long out of the bullpen. And he, that's where he's primarily been used since I feel like at least the maybe the deadline. I don't really remember. And like same with honestly. Andrew Heaney. Yeah. yeah they're Heaney both out of well. the pen. Yeah. So they've got long guys out of the pen should their starters need to come out early or whatever. Same like if we see Yavaldi at any point he's been pretty dodgy in his return probably not wanting him to go super long innings just to help out with his injury so expect to see Martin Perez or Andrew Heaney go long out of their pen at some point as far as the rest of that like those matchups go i mean we won't see John Gray we get Dane Dunning in the first game i don't like i don't think i have a pulse i think you get Evaldi Jordan in Mc- the last game and Jordan Montgomery, Montgomery in, the in the second before.
1: one yeah, yeah i think so Okay,
2: that that makes sense. They don't have a game today like us, you know.
1: Astros don't either.
2: Mm-hmm. So we're all just going to stay neutral within the division. But that does allow the Rangers, should they want to kind of re-slot, they probably could if they wanted to. But Scott for the Mariners said that's not something that they're going to be opposed to doing, but they don't see them doing it right now. So by the time you're hearing this, if more information comes out about potentially maybe skipping Wu's start on that's sunday and maybe we see a castillo like castillo go i don't i don't really know if they wanted to do that it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the mariners play the away series i feel like Mm -hmm. because this could be a big tone setter for how it feels when the rangers come back to seattle for four to end the year that is one where i would not be surprised to see a short rest start or something along those lines
1: yeah i mean if you play poorly in this three game set versus the rangers Like, let's say you if you get swept, you're you're screwed. Oh, like if you get swept, you have to win out after that, in my opinion. Otherwise, you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Unless, of course, the Blue Jays start losing games, which is possible. The Blue Jays face uh, the Yankees and Tampa Bay the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. So they finish up this series with the Yankees and they go on to face Tampa Bay and then they face the Yankees again and they face Tampa Bay. So it's yeah, the, the Blue Jays have a pretty tough road ahead, just like the Mariners do. And the Astros, they finish up against the Diamondbacks, and they also face, of course, the Mariners. And so, I don't know. You look at this, and with how bad all these teams have been, I think that going in against the Rangers and their bullpen, the Mariners' main goal is going to have to be to work the starters' pitch count, especially on a guy like Avaldi who's been hurt, Mm -hmm. and Montgomery, who's been pretty, honestly, bad since he went to the Rangers. I think that's going to be the best part of facing the rangers
2: and obviously the bullpen is rangers fatal flaw and you have a little bit more on fatal flaws so each team in the west seems to have something that just isn't going their way in 2023 and some of it is related back to their 2022 performances the rangers I'm not really going to relate it back to 2022 because they're just bad in general last year as a team their success this year it's mainly related to their offense but their failures like you're saying come from their bullpen since August 13th, how many save opportunities do you think the Rangers have had?
1: Have had yeah. since when August 13th? So about a month and about five weeks. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna go with 15.
2: Okay, so they've had 16. How many have they converted? <laughs> I'm gonna go with four. They have converted three. They're three wow. they are three for sixteen in save opportunities since August 13th. They have blown 32 saves on the year. They have the 26th ranked bullpen in all of MLB by ERA in 2023. The Rangers bullpen does them zero favors. They are constantly throwing games away for this team. The offense, we said that they slowed down. The offense has still been good, Mm -hmm. right? It's still been a good enough offense to probably win games, but it's the bullpen that has been letting them down and they're starting pitching. It's been pretty hit or miss and you know, you've, had injuries to DeGrom they've had injuries to Max Scherzer when they you know since they acquired him so that's never something you want to see but with how poor the bullpen has been you what you said is exactly right you've got to capitalize on working the starting pitchers pitch counts early on to try and get to that bullpen early because you don't want to end the game especially as the Mariners in a close one-run game having to go to extra innings because that's the Mariners fatal flaw in 2023 by far is their clutch factor They have seemingly lost the ability to win close games when it matters most. And this is a general, you know, I'm speaking in general, you know, as a generalization. They've won close games. They've had walk-off wins. I'm aware. But in 2022, the Mariners win loss in extra innings was 11 and five. So across 16 games, they won 11 of them. In 2023, across 20 games, Mariners only won six. They are six and 14 in extra innings this year. It's just not, they haven't had that come through moment the the big breakout where you mentioned it in the in the Dodgers series the extra inning game where we had the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth with nobody out and no one comes across the plate to win the game for the Seattle Mariners it's just it there's no there's no ice in the veins it seems like at times and it's the same that goes for the one run win loss record as well 2022 Mariners were known for being nails in one-run games, 34 and 22. In 2023, there are 23 and 25, just under 500. It's not terrible. It could be a lot worse. However, going into the season, knowing how the Mariners were constructed, knowing how they wanted to probably play baseball again this year, under 500 in that regard does not bode well i feel like for a team that you could like you're saying they could probably have two three four more wins if they just have one extra base hit in a clutch moment
1: yeah and i feel like we've seen it time and time again with this team where we look at those losses those painful losses where it just makes you sick to your stomach the the national series still stands out to me as one of the most like painful games to watch in the history of the seattle mariners Mm -hmm. that's a game where you look back on it and if you if you miss the playoffs by like a game that's the one that i look at like Obviously, mm-hmm. there have been very painful losses throughout the entire season. I can think of, like, the Cedric Mullins robbing Ty France of a home run. And then that that game against the Orioles, that was a big one. They're, 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 you can nitpick each and every one of them. But like you said, it's the clutch factor for the Mariners that is basically... I wouldn't say it's non-existent, but it's pretty dang close. Obviously, we've seen some guys come through in the big moments. Like Julio, when he hit that big home run against the Dodgers, it ended up being a moot point. But it was... A great moment at the ballpark. Everyone was really excited. They thought, yep, like we're going to come out and win this game against one of the best teams in the National League. And unfortunately, they didn't come through. And so I think it's it has to weigh on the mind of obviously the fans, but the players as well, that they're starting. Maybe they were trying to get too big in the moment. We know Julio was at the start of the year. He looked he was swinging out of his shoes. And these guys are just and JP has said that, like, they're not getting their job done. I don't necessarily know how you fix it this late in the season. And it just is what it is at this point. Like if, if you just flush it all and then go do your job against the Rangers and the Astros in one run games or late games, then I'll forget all about all the trouble you had in late games early in the year. But
2: that still leaves with the Astros. What is their fatal flaw, Joe? In 2023, the Astros just pitching in general has regressed. I feel like a lot more than people might've imagined. We saw in 2022, the Astros pitching, I don't want to say carry them to a World Series title, but it was integral to their success. In the playoffs, like Christian Javier threw, I think they threw a combined no hitter in the World Series, yeah. right? Christian Javier was lights out. Framber was showing that he was probably growing into the ace of that staff because we didn't know about Verlander and he was leaving and he's back. So it's a little awkward in that situation. And we knew in the offseason that they were going to have Hunter Brown come in and be part of this pitching rotation they extended Rafael Montero, big contract for a reliever and in 2023 it's just it hasn't gone that the way that they wanted it to it felt like and pitching ERA and stuff like that is all up this year likely due to the new rule changes thank you Rob appreciate it buddy Mariners lead in in team ERA at 3.7 it could be like 3.1 maybe if we're playing old school baseball because last year the Astros finished second in all of MLB in Team ERA with a 2.9, which is insane. This year they're ninth in the MLB at 4.03. So a, a full run to average increase from the previous year. Their war obviously the season's not over, so that's not finalized, but they were first in MLB in 2022 and pitching Fangraphs or F war at twenty-six point four. This year they're only half that at 13.5 with only 10 games left. So the Astros, yes, they battled injuries to some key guys in their lineup like Altuve and Jordan and Abreu struggled at the beginning of the year. There have been other things that could point to maybe some hiccups along the way for the Astros, but none stand out more to me than their pitching regression from last year.
1: Yeah, and like Christian Javier is someone who I really thought was going to come into this year and be lights out. Mm -hmm. Hunter Brown, obviously coming into the league, very similar to Justin Verlander, kind of weird. Yeah. But it's like... Someone that you look at to be the next guy. Like, obviously, they replaced Carlos Correa last year with Jeremy Pena, mm-hmm. and that was like, okay, cool. Like, what a stupid thing that you were able to do. So, we just assumed they were going to be able to do that with the pitching staff losing, like, a Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And it honestly hasn't happened, which is like, like for example, Luis Garcia. Does he even exist anymore? Like, I he don't... can't be... Re- he can't rock the baby anymore. So. I
2: don't know if he's been hurt. I know they've, obviously, they've missed Lance McCullers. Right. Um, Luis Garcia, in 2023, he, it doesn't look like he's pitched a whole lot. He's only pitched in six games. Hmm. So, Jose Arquidi's another guy that has been tossed around a bunch, I feel like, in just ale west chatter essentially like oh the astros are gonna get him back and like it's gonna be a big deal 14 games he's got a 6.17 era so it's just there the pitching lab has not uh maybe done enough research over there in houston maybe and you know it's one of those things where certain things just don't go the way you want them to in an mov season there's no guarantees i jolly olive you brought up christian javier jolly olive predicted his 2023 cy young one of them His pick was Christian Javier at the beginning of the year because he predicted Corbin Burns in 2021, I think. And then in 2022, he predicted predicted Sandy Alcantara. So then he tried it again in 2023 with Christian Javier, and it has not worked. He pitched very well, I think, in yesterday's game, maybe. It was Kyle Bradish. 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 (laughs) Bradish. (laughs) <laughs> um, like a yes. And Christian Javier in the final game for Baltimore and Houston. And it was a one-nothing game for the longest time. then Houston ends up walking it off two one. So Javier did his job against a very strong Baltimore lineup. So it's not to say that there's not there's talent in the Houston Astros pitching staff. It's just the results have not been there quite as much as I feel like they might have been expecting.
0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door go to blue and use promo code welcome to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more that's code welcome at blue for fifty dollars off your purchase blue code welcome have you found the keys to unlock your best trip on a trafalgar tour you unlock more than just the world We give you the keys to discover real connections and one-of-a-kind experiences. It all starts with expert itineraries where everything is taken care of. With Trafalgar, your money goes further, and so do you. Unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock.
2: Yeah, and when I look at
1: like the the difference between both of these teams going into this year, their bullpen was their strength. And we've seen on both sides now, the bullpen has been working. Don't get me wrong, the Mariners' bullpen has still been fine, but it has been really taxed over the past two months or so. And the Astros' bullpen has basically blown up. Ryan Presley still good, don't get me wrong. Rafael Montero still good, but they just look like shells of what they were last year. Hector Neris, for example, is another guy. The back end of their bullpen is still very good. But I look at that bullpen and I'm not really afraid of it anymore. Like when Mm -hmm. I think of the best bullpens of the game, I would think of the Orioles, obviously, before losing Felix Bautista. Yeah. So I don't know. And you look at the Mariners' bullpen again. It's like they're very taxed. Uh, They got to save it a little bit in the series versus the Athletics. They still got some work in for Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, because at this point, you're going to have to manage it like it's the playoffs. and uh scott said that they're gonna have guys over the next 10 days go three straight days because it you need it
2: you need it's... you need to get to the final like the final push yeah. like you have yeah. to get to that point
1: it doesn't matter if your arm's hanging man sorry we you gotta go out there and do your job because you're you know I, i'm sorry george you're gonna have to go pitch the seventh <laughs> inning sorry we need you
2: yeah no no <laughs> so. i was i was pleasantly surprised that And Edward Bazzardo appearance in the game that I went to on Tuesday. I was like, yes, chills. Get to witness, you know, Jerry Depoto masterclass at its finest. But I agree. Getting the work in for those guys in moments where maybe we didn't need to have them go, but to get them their reps, maybe have them gain a little bit of confidence in moments. Like giving Munoz the eighth and Topa the ninth in game three. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I can get behind it. Maybe kind of reinstill a little bit of, like, trust and faith as if there wasn't enough already in Justin Topa because he's been phenomenal. But, you know, just like, hey, you get the ninth. You go get it done. We trust you to go out there and finish the job. It's nice being able to have, I feel like, a guaranteed, maybe not guaranteed, but, like, three arms that you can go out there and put in high leverage situations like that.
1: I mean, with that being said, like, Topa-based, I think, six seven eight or seven eight nine sure Whereas they did have Munoz in the eighth phase two three four yes so, I, I know that is yeah. definitely
2: like the pocket that like we're in reference to every single time we talk about the bullpen it's just in a it was a six to three game do we maybe not even need to throw Topa in that situation with six seven eight for the athletics and you give it to I don't know if Thornton pitched and her Thornton didn't pitch the day before maybe give it to Thornton like I don't know I don't know what like Scott to be playing you know silly games, winning silly prizes kind of a vibe, but I Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I liked the move to Topa today or yesterday in the ninth for just semantics.
1: And so when we look at this team going forward, what really hampered them the start of the month was a lot of guys struggling at the plate. So I feel like we should talk a little bit about that. Julio has still been good, although he slowed down a little bit, same with Teo, Mm -hmm. but we've seen other guys step up recently. Obviously JK has been big in his return. People were saying, "Oh, well, look at their record now that Jared Allen's back." I'm like, "Are you stupid? Look at their record at the start of the month before Jared Allen came back." Yeah, like it, it, there's a, there's no question there, people. There's there's no correlation. Sorry, and so JP's been good. Um, Mike Ford has been good, and Gino has picked it back up. We've seen a lot of extra base power out of him in the past few games. Mm-hmm. One guy
2: we're still waiting on is Ty France. Joe, what do you think? I I don't know if it's like. The lineup spot, I don't know if that has any effect on a batter at the major league level necessarily. Because in our experience, we only played up to high school ball. So if I was hit fifth one day and then third and then seventh, like it's not going to affect me that drastically. Is it weighing on Ty in any way seeing his name at eight in the bottom? Like in not, maybe not even eight, but just always in the bottom third of the lineup. It feels like, especially against righties, and the le- and against the lefty, he's going to get bumped up a little bit. We saw that in Game One against the Athletics, where, as your famous tweet has banged, the murderer's row of <laughs> Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, Jose Caballero, and Luis Terenzer whatever the order would have been in that game, uh, was going to put in work, and they did that night. They very, they, they very did. much so did. They were the, you know, the lifeline for. The Mariners offense in game one against the Athletics with J.P. Sears on the mound, a lefty. So Ty was by batting fifth, I want to say, that night. I'm pretty sure. That against sounds a... right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. And against the righty, he's further down. And I don't know if that's weighing on him, but in 2023, he's not been the most productive first baseman around the league. It's, you know, it's a conversation that many people are having on, on Twitter, on the little bird app that no longer exists. But a couple stats here. Right. He's still got an above average WRC plus at 102, right? He is an above league average hitter. It is 19th among qualified first basemen. He's got very little power this year, only 10 home runs, which is tied for 24th. He's not really driving the ball as much. I, want to, I don't want to be the person that's going to nitpick at stats, but I feel like his on base, which would then result in his WRC plus are very inflated because he gets hit a lot. And that's great, you know. It's good for a guy to get on base. It's just when that guy can't run very fast, it's not as beneficial like a Jose Caballero getting on base via the hit-by-pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. the value there, it's singles and hit-by-pitches for your slowest guy on your team.
1: Yeah. He's been bad. I mean, plain and simple, he's been bad. And I've been banging the drums, and he's going to turn it around. But at this point, there's 10 games left in the season. Ty France is what he is. If he gets on a little hot streak in these last 10 games, awesome. Mm -hmm. But... I'm not expecting to see it. I think that where he really comes into play is facing the Rangers. They've got quite a few lefties, both in their bullpen, and, you know, they can throw Montgomery out there on the mound or something like that. He's been really good versus lefties, obviously not so good versus righties, and we'll have a video coming out after the season is over and the playoffs are done. As to what to do about first base, do you move on from Ty France? Because before this year, he was still a very productive hitter. Like he was he was one of your better hitters. He was running like a one twenty something uh, OPS plus. Like he was great defensively, hitting twenty home runs. Like, I don't know if I give up on that guy after one down year. Yeah. I don't. I like I, I don't I don't see the purpose because of that. And I think that if this is who Ty France is, which he has never been throughout his entire career in the minor leagues, even his first years in the big leagues, he's always hit. So I would I'm willing to give the guy a benefit the benefit of the doubt that he'll figure it out next year but that's a conversation for the offseason. What do you have on his
2: numbers? Against lefties, Ty France has been hitting a lot better. He's got a 301 average, a 345 OBP, a 429 slugging and a 774 OPS with a wRC+ plus of 119. That is more along the lines of what we would expect, I think as a, a whole line for Ty France what you're saying. Maybe the average a little bit lower, you know. He's never been a 300, more like a 280 guy. But the 119 wRC plus that is something that I could have probably penciled in Ty France for 115 to 120 at the beginning of the year, and I would have ran with it. 102 wRC plus at this point throughout the season it's just not it's not cutting it, and it's against righties a 98 wRC plus, which is the bulk of his at bats because right-handed pitching is just the more dominant side. There's not a whole bunch of lefties, you know. We we happen to have a, quite a few in the division with the Angels and the Rangers, but. Against righties, 234, 336, and you see a big zap in the slugging, in his power, dropping from 429 against lefties to 341 against righties. It's just not, it's not there, and it's not the same as it once was, it feels like.
1: And looking at WRC+, I mean, in 2020, 133. 2021, he had a 129. 2022, a 125. And then all of a sudden, in 2023, it's gone down to a 102. And he's not really striking out any more than he has throughout his career before. It's just not there for him. And he's not putting up very competitive at bats right now. Obviously, his speed is non-existent. But it all culminates to a war of 0.4, an F war of 0.4 in 2023, where he had a 2.3 in 2022 and a 3.1 in 2021. Obviously, Ty France, 29 years old. Coming up on thirty next year. Like, I don't know it what the answer is, but he's someone that you have to get going for these last ten games. Like we've seen with Gino, for example. Gino Gino has been hit or miss this year, but he's he's a steadying force in my opinion, over there at third base. And you can pencil into your lineup and you know, he swings through 90 poo down the middle of the plate, but occasionally he runs into one and mm-hmm. Orteo, for
2: example, striking out every five at bats, five times every Six at bats. He walked but... twice in the game on Tuesday. I know. What the hell? Yeah, I was, dude. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was I was
1: jazzed. Oh, his walk percentage. I'm. I am do don't, don't check me on this. I'm pretty sure his walk percentage in 2023. This the second half of it is way up. I'm oh, pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, he's just been. He's been on a tear. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, but. And these guys, like, Jared Kelnick has done his job for the most part coming back. I think he's only hit singles, but whatever. He's scored runs. Dom Canzone looked really good in the last game against the Athletics. Yeah. Love me some Dom Canzone. Josh Rojas has been very good for the Mariners at second base. Stabilized that position along with uh, Dylan
2: Moore. Jose Caballero? Yeah, I mean, he ran into a ball on Monday night. Yeah. I was mouth on the floor, just jaw-dropping. Hit it, like, 430 feet or something crazy. Yeah. There's value with Caballero still, right? It's not, I don't know if there's anyone in the minors that I'm like, bring him up now and send, you know, send someone down. I'm really, I'm at a good point with this. what? What's that wow, About Ryan from? Bliss. I mean, he's the elephant in the room, right? Because <laughs> he is the guy that I think might benefit more from still seeing more A at bats. Mm-hmm. And then just giving him spring training and letting him win the job next year, as opposed to bringing him up right now, I could be I could be the the silly guy in the room that's like, don't do it, let him continue to develop. Maybe he's fully developed and ready to go. But I was just gonna say I'm pretty satisfied at this point right now how the roster is constructed based around the platoons that Scott's been kind of rolling with. Whenever there's a lefty, you're seeing more and Haggerty come in. I feel like, like around like the fifth or sixth inning, as like substitutions for your either DH of Mike Ford and Rojas at second base. The the splits and the platoons that they're they're running, I think it's going well or went well for them in Oakland. Maybe not, you know, in the Dodgers series because we don't want to talk about the Dodgers series. But as it's going into the final stretch, I'm pretty satisfied with how Scott's I guess like deploying those. I don't know if that's a common thing that people are feeling but I don't feel as worried when Haggerty and Moore getting at bats right now because it's not every day it feels like it's in specific spots where they're supposed to succeed and that's something that we've always talked about about guys that oh there need to be everyday players no they need to be players given a chance to succeed in specific spots and I think that's what Scott's trying to give the best the ability to I know Dylan Moore hasn't been great I think there's a lot to be left desired there for Dylan Moore, but Haggerty's one where I'm like, his at-bats have looked a bit more competitive than I think yep. I would have expected.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's hitting little bleeders everywhere, but they they count all the same in the scorebook. That hits a hit. Yeah. And there'll be people that will discredit what the Mariners did in Oakland because, oh, it's Oakland. You know, they lost 100 whatever games. They just took two of three from the Astros. Mm-hmm. And what was there more to be desired out of these games in Oakland? Absolutely. The Mariners, don't get me wrong, the Mariners didn't play all that well well, it wasn't a perfect
2: Oakland. ball by any means.
1: No, but it got the job done. It doesn't matter how you get it done, as long as you get it done. They, because they swept this series, they have a little bit more room for air going forward. But what you saw out of this team, you're still going to need them to be better over the next 10 games than what they were in Oakland. Yeah. Like, there was a few, like, I think there was a the first inning of the first game in Oakland. Bases loaded, like, no outs or one out or something like that. And nobody it's, scored. Yeah, Ty France like, had, oh,
2: had a change up from J.P. Sears right down the middle of the plate that he popped up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they need to figure that out. But again, don't discredit the fact that they just swept the Athletics, who have been relatively decent lately. Their pitching staff starting to figure it out. You've seen guys like Brent Rooker
2: or I
1: don't Shay Langilleers,
2: Zach Deloss. Shay Langilleers. Yeah, they've Zach. got they've got young bats that can swing the swing it pretty pretty well. It's not going to be pretty anytime you're in Oakland because they're Oakland. If you put Shay Langoliers on the Dodgers his average is going to jump up like 40 points just because of the environment around him. You know, I would be willing to bet that that's kind of the facilitating factor for why guys that struggle in not productive baseball teams immediately find success in good, well-rounded productive baseball teams, just because it's the foundation is there. Nikki Lopez went from being a bum on the Royals to being a very well orchestrated utility player for the Braves, right up the gate when he got traded. Mm -hmm. So there's potential for the A's, certain guys to, you know, start to kind of glow up. And like you said,
1: the Athletics have guys, but it's just the team around them is not well-rounded. Whereas the games you're going to be going up against in Texas and at home versus the Astros, this is a team where these are the teams that you don't have room for air like you did with the Oakland Athletics. You can't Go out there and not score a run with the bases loaded, one out. You need to take advantage of the opportunities when you have them, and you're going to have them. It doesn't matter like how bad the Mariners have been. You're gonna have opportunities. It's just can you capitalize on them? it? Goes back to the clutch factor that you talked about earlier. Yeah. They, the Mariners have not been capitalizing, and I think going into these last ten games, I'm not sure. What What do you think the one key factor for the Mariners is going into these
2: last ten games? Ooh, I I want to say working the pit, like working the counts. Mm -hmm. making sure that you're taking into account the situation to make sure that you're making the most of every at-bat no wasted at-bats no Ty France swinging at the ball at his eyes no sliders in the other batter's box for Teo. no first pitch pop-ups from Mike Ford there are times where swinging first pitch and obviously you get the right pitch it's the time to go but these last 10 games are going to be overwhelmingly crucial to where you cannot have moments like that. And I want to say that getting swept by the Dodgers slapped the face reality check. You're in Oakland. Well, you said it earlier. It was critical to sweep in Oakland. This is then writing, you know, like putting the steering wheel back in, in straight onto the road and making sure that you're driving straight down the, you know, path to the playoffs, making sure that you got like the team itself has, Figured out where they want to be and where they want to be and who they want to be in certain moments. Because if there's moments like the one in the Dodgers series where it's bases loaded, we said it a billion times, that is going to then just start to domino effect. It's going to snowball and it's going to be cataclysmic for team morale, for fan morale. And I'll be damned if they don't see 90% of the comments, like not comments, but like tweets that are just public, whatever in general, about, oh, blah, 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 it's so bad. Team's over, it's done, it's been bad the whole time. We're a half game out of a division title with ten to go, three against the team that's right in front of us, seven that we're tied with. It's gonna be insane playoff level baseball for the next ten days.
1: If if you would have told me before the year started that after a hundred and fifty two games, the mariners would be a half game out of first place, I'd have been in. I'm I'm thrilled. Yep. You tell me that I'm like, hell yeah, man, let's let's go. That's what so, it's all about. You play this whole season, and right now, basically, everyone's tied. You start with a clean slate these next 10 games. What do you think, realistically, the record needs to be to get the Mariners into the playoffs over these next 10 games?
2: What it needs to be? I mean, you can cherry-pick which games to win. That will guarantee you a playoff spot. I will say they have to go over five hundred no matter what. I think you have to go 6-4. and four. If only one of those wins comes against the Astros, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. the Astros then take the division title that's okay you bury the Rangers by taking five out of seven if you go six and four I would prefer them to maybe go seven and three but that's again two from the Astros five from the Rangers it's tough but you gotta I think you gotta get to 90 wins at a minimum
1: I think that you can get in with like 88 I think it's possible maybe 89 It it obviously depends on where the wins come but if even if you play 500 ball the rest of the way if you, if you go five and five instead of six and four, obviously let's uh, ideally you get swept there by the Astros. You get, you get P I, I've never thought I would say this, but <laughs> ideally if you go five and five, three of those losses are against the Astros.
2: Yeah. You're saying like, if you had to pick, <laughs> if, if we're guaranteeing a five and five record right now on September twentieth or the twenty first when you're listening to this, three losses come to the Astros because that means only two come to the Rangers. I hundred percent agree. Do you take the tiebreaker at that point? It doesn't matter. You wouldn't be tied. It doesn't matter. You wouldn't be tied to take the tiebreaker from Texas in the last seven games. You we need to go six and one.
1: But at we, that point, but
2: at that point again, if we go six, yeah, one, yeah, tiebreaker no tie. doesn't, tiebreaker doesn't matter because we've buried them and they're no longer in the playoffs. Right. At that rate. Now,
1: as for what the Blue Jays do, obviously tiebreaker matters there for positioning in the playoffs. If if that was the case, so yeah. You know, there's there's still three different spots the Mariners can end up in in the playoffs. They can end up Wild Card two, Wild Card three, or win the division. Yeah, like we've been talking about those three spots. I think since like the towards the end of August, and nothing's changed. It's still the same. Yeah, they, it's and it's almost like I think when we look back at like the beginning of September and we talked about where the Mariners were at in the race, they're still in the same spot. Like yeah. they're a half game out of first place. They're tied with the Rangers. Like. I don't think much has changed because Mm-mm. that's how
2: bad everyone's been. Yeah.
1: I'm... And it's going to be a mid-off. Most you know?
2: definitely. I mean, the Astros <laughs> losing back-to-back series to the Athletics and the Royals. The Guardians taking two out of three from the Rangers. Like, we were getting a lot of help. For the Mariners, you know, if the Angels can can take two out of three from the Rangers, because that's the that's the that's the bubble series in between three in Texas and then four at home against Texas. If the Angels can give us a little help there. That's gonna be massive.
1: You see Mike Trout rising out of the coffin.
2: Otani's gonna Otani has the cast on his arm, but it makes him stronger. Exactly. He's gonna hit a ball <laughs> with his cast. No, the the race has really been like the hydro challenge it feels like. And yeah, then uh, back... it's just like narrowly edging it out like back and forth. No one knows who's gonna win until it's the very last day. <laughs> the lightning strikes one of the teams. Yeah, and... exactly. It's just, it's been, I don't even know, I don't want to say a good, I mean, it's a good thing because obviously we needed it to stay in this point, but the argument around potentially three teams making it out of the AL West to the playoffs or one hardly missing it. You say that and you're like, oh, that's a really great division overall. When you look at the record, like, oh, no one (laughs) team is going to get more than like 92 wins probably, which isn't, I mean, it's not bad. But you take a step back and you look at the Orioles and the Rays, who could easily get over a hundred wins. The Braves, the, like you know, there's, there's just a lot more, I guess, win loss standings that kind of stand out a bit more than three teams all going ninety two and seventy, ninety one and seventy one, and ninety and seventy two. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it all comes down to this. It really does. Over these next ten games, is this the last? This is the second to last hit of here podcast. Yep. For the season, mm-hmm. so like uh, of the regular season, anyway. So like this time next week, we might know. We might you know, know. Like we'll have a much clearer picture. This time next week might be a really depressing podcast, or might be a really exciting podcast. It all comes down to this. And we talked about that in this video on the screen. Now make sure you go check that one out. Appreciate you guys watching this one.